Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Hello, everybody. We want to do a quick shout out to Black Rock, Arkansas. Yay! Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for sharing. We really appreciate it. You can check us out at graceintheshadowsor.org. You can text or call 251-244-4645. Or you can email us at drjonathan at graceintheshadowsor.org. If you're looking for a licensed clinical counselor and you live in North Alabama or North Carolina, mm-hmm. please reach out to Dr. Chai, Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Yes, yes. And you are also an ordained minister, so you can pastoral do pastoral counseling, counseling yeah. for, from other areas of the United States or the world. So definitely reach out. You can check out our Etsy store, shadowsofgrace.etsy.com. You can also uh, become a partner with Covenant Eyes by having them on your devices. Covenant Eyes is a porn blocker. That is a wonderful, wonderful thing to mm-hmm. have. And if you use our promo code GRACE1998, you will get one month free. All right. Awesome. There is no official language in the United States. What on earth? While most people speak English, there's no actual official language. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Uh, St. Louis was the first American city to host the modern Olympics. It was in 1904. Cool. St. Louis. I've been there. Been up in the arch. Got stuck. Oh, yeah. Not, not, that not a good thing. That would be awful. Yeah, considering I'm claustrophobic. Would but be really bad. Once you got out to the top, though, and looked out, it was really cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. One in eight American. <laughs> one in eight people have worked at McDonald's. Oh, have you worked at McDonald's? Yes. I have not. <laughs> the last food chain employs around the fast food chain uh-huh. <laughs> employs around one million people in the United States yearly. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Okay. You Alabama, not Alabama, you McDonald workers out there, give us a shout out. Yeah. And you'll get $5 off our store if you send us an email. Americans eat 3 billion pizzas a year. That covers about 100 acres. That's a lot of pizza. That's a lot of junk. I mean, pizza. I like pizza. Yeah. Yeah. But that is a lot of pizza. That's a lot of pizza. All right. The New River is thought to be the oldest in North America. It flows through the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina, Virginia, and West Virginia. The New River? The New River. I've never heard of the New River. Now you do. It's new. (laughs) Okay. Anything else? That's all. That's all, folks. I say, so what are we talking about today? Well, it's the Easter season. Yes, we are in Easter. And the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, that is an awesome topic. The resurrection of Jesus, I believe, mm-hmm. is the most important and also, I think, the most provable. True. So, you know, in, in Christian faith, mm-hmm. it shows that uh, that what we believe is true. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. The resurrection is God's amen to Jesus's it is finished. I was wondering if you were going to say that. I like that. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. Say that again. The resurrection is God's amen to Jesus's it is finished. Love it. And therefore, the guarantee that by Jesus's death, a believer has been reconciled to God and mm-hmm. made righteous. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. John Piper once wrote. Mm hmm. The resurrection means that 
what the death of Christ accomplished was so full and perfect that the resurrection was the reward and vindication of Christ's achievement and death. Mm-hmm. The wrath of God was satisfied with the suffering and death of Jesus. The holy curse against sin was fully absorbed. The obedience of Christ was completed to the fullest measure. The righteousness of God was completed, completely vindicated. All that was left to accomplish was the public declaration of God's endorsement. This he gave by raising Jesus from the dead. Amen. Yeah. Because if he would have stayed on the cross. Right. It would have been useless. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what evidence do we have, you know, that that Jesus really rose from the dead? And you've done a lot of study on this, which is really, Mm. really cool. Um, And and, uh, some other people have really tried to disprove it, and they have not been able to. Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said earlier, Mm -hmm. this is the most important Mm -hmm. doctrine, as well as I think the most evidence. Right. Uh, I think that it, it, it I don't think, I, I know what happened. Yeah, absolutely yeah. it did. Yes. You know, the first thing that makes this uh, so true is the first eyewitnesses to the resurrection were female. Mm-hmm. Now, we may say big deal. Well, but it is a big deal. Back then it was. Yes. The first eyewitnesses of the resurrection were women. Mm-hmm. And all the Gospels note this, that, you know, these individuals discover the tomb was empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew notes it, that after the Sabbath, uh, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the other Mary, came. And the angel told the women they were afraid. He said, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, but women's testimony back then was... I mean, they weren't taken very seriously. Women were not held in high esteem. Well, they were considered second-class citizens, unfortunately. And a case in point was Mm -hmm. when Jesus fed the Mm 5,000. 5,000 was just a count of the men. The women and children were not included in that count. Probably closer to 20,000. Right. So so that is one one way that shows that women just weren't even accounted for for mm-hmm. as being important, which, of course, we know that's not true. And we know also that God does not see it that way. So but I their think culture saw it that Right. Their culture, their culture saw it that way. But it's really cool that Jesus kind of, you know, burst those barriers mm-hmm. by appearing to the women first. Greco-Roman culture, a woman's testimony was not admissible in court. Mm-hmm. In Jewish circles, it took the testimony of two women to equate that of one man. And who did he come to? Two women. Women. Wow. And, and I think that's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus was the liberator of women. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I think that if people, if the disciples wanted to make up the resurrection, they would not have put women as the first people that saw Jesus rise from the dead. And definitely wouldn't have put two. No. Right. I, I think that the very fact that they put women and mm-hmm. they were showing that they were historically accurate. Right. And that they weren't trying to fudge it, because mm-hmm. if they were trying to fudge it, right, they wouldn't have put women. No, definitely right. not. So that's pretty cool. The second evidence of the resurrection is minimal facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary, Dr. Gary Habermas, I had him as a professor years ago. You did. Uh, has popularized a so-called minimal facts argument. Basically, all scholars 
believe in certain facts. Even the most liberal and more secular scholars, right. they believe that Jesus died by crucifixion. They believe Jesus' disciples believed he rose from the dead and appeared mm -hmm. to them. And the church persecuted Paul. They know and believe he was suddenly changed. Mm -hmm. uh, they know James, the brother of Jesus, suddenly changed. The tomb was empty. Right. And nearly all of them, including all the liberal professors and liberal scholars, believe these facts. Absolutely. And so that kind of is evidential mm -hmm. in authenticating the, the, the resurrection of Jesus. So true. The third evidence of the resurrection mm -hmm. Uh, the radically changed lives of the early disciples. Yes. As noted in the minimal facts theory, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, James, the brother of Jesus, was changed from being a skeptic to a believer. Yes. Now, James thought Jesus was crazy. He did. His brothers and sisters thought he was crazy. Yes, they did. So have you ever tried to convince family about your faith? Oh, yeah. It's, or anything it's, for that. Well, anything for that matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the yeah. your family is the ones that have seen you as your worst. And so a lot of times they're like the last to, to believe or yeah. agree with you in something like this. So the fact that he just totally flipped his script and started realizing that Jesus was the one true God along with his, you know, yeah. brother, half brother. He um, it shows you that this had to have happened. It would have been needed to be radical. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It happened overnight. James was a right. you know, was not following Jesus. No. Uh, and overnight he becomes not only a follower of Jesus and mm -hmm. disciple. Right. He becomes a leader. He becomes yes. the head head of the church. At right. The time. Yeah. Leader of the book. early church. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Interesting enough, his death is recorded, uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus, in uh, by Josephus, who mm -hmm. was a Jewish historian. Um, and, you know, uh, Paul is another example. True. Um, Paul would have been like uh, Solomon bin Laden. Oh, wow. That's, a, that's big. So for Paul to be so radically saved, I mean, he was crucified. He was persecuting Christians. Yes. And for Paul to be so radically changed and become one of those ones that he was persecuting is really That's uh, strong evidence. It is very strong. Evidence. Yeah, strong it's, evidence. Yes. It wouldn't have happened without the, the resurrection being true and, Absolutely. and Paul being changed. Yeah, yeah, radically changed, radically changed. Humiliating aspects of the resurrection. Hmm. Historically speaking, embarrassing details add veracity. Mm-hmm. To historical claim. Mm -hmm. The fact the women were the first witnesses, the member of Sanhedrin, mm -hmm. the Sanhedrin that executed Jesus, right. had to give Jesus a proper burial. The disciples were fearful and they were embarrassed and they hid because mm -hmm. of, uh, from all accounts. Mm -hmm. This just authenticates the reality of it. Definitely. People don't usually put in embarrassing facts. No. Unless they're accurate. Well, yeah, you leave those things out. Yeah. So the, just the fact that they left those in authenticates it even mm -hmm. more. There's also, they can trace in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, uh, I believe it's 1 through 15, mm -hmm. uh, it has a creed mm -hmm. that uh, he was seen by over 500 people at one time. Mm -hmm. Jesus was seen by Peter, mm -hmm. and it lists all of these. Yes, all the witnesses. Uh, and, and, and they believe that that was a creed that goes back to the early years 
of the church, which can go up all the way back to the first couple of years of wow. the early church. Which, That's amazing. You know, this is not just some uh, some. Th- there's no time for this to become a fable. Absolutely. Yeah. The enthusiasm to die for what was known. Hmm. Many people will die for what they believe to be true, but no one will die for something they falsely invented. Right. I mean, you're not going to want to die on that if if you're not telling the truth. That's right. Hmm. Disciples knew if they were telling the truth. Yet we find the disciples dying horrible deaths willingly. Mm Mm-hmm. They were cowards before this. They were. Yeah. They were like running away, falling asleep, all kind of stuff. They were scared of their own shadow. Yes. Uh, but yet we see Stephen willingly dying, uh, stoning. All he had to do was recant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We see James uh, uh, being beheaded by Herod. Right. We yeah. see Peter being crucified upside down. Mm-hmm. We see all these people disciples dying horrific deaths Mm -hmm. willingly because they knew it was true. True. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Documentary evidence. Mm -hmm. Not only is the Bible, Bible's history. Yes. But there's evidence from historians that were not Christian, but they were accurate. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Historians that were from primary, secondary sources. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we have the accounts of Matthew and John and Paul, mm-hmm. but we also have the accounts of secondary resources. Right. We have Clement of Rome. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Josephus, Ignatius, Irenaeus. We have creeds that go back to the early years, like I mentioned. Definitely. And, and so we have this early evidence that even unbelievers and believers that were honest, accurate historians. We're documenting. True. Yeah. Very true. Circumstantial proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, circumstantial evidence for the historicity of the resurrection. You know, the practice of the early church of, of baptism. Mm-hmm. The Lord's Supper, Sunday worship. Baptisms based on the analogy that Jesus, we're identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection. Right. The fact that we go back and we're still practicing that, we're identifying with something that we knew happened. Right. Most, a, a lot of baptisms you go to, they say, I'm doing this in the name of the Father, mm-hmm. Son, and Holy Spirit, and we're representing the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And and that's said in a lot of churches when they're baptizing. And so, yeah, that is a great point. I mean, that's why we have birthdays. Right. Because we're going back to something that happened. True. That's why we celebrate like President's Day or, or mm-hmm. other days because something started that that happened. You're reminiscing on, yep. on what it, how it began. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord's Supper is mm-hmm. a symbol of Christ's sacrificial death. Yes. I mean, you know, if it didn't happen, then that, that wouldn't still be going on. Absolutely. Uh, even the change of worship from a Friday evening to Saturday to a Sunday morning Mm -hmm. uh, because that's when Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah. He resurrected. Uh, And people began to celebrate the resurrection on Sunday. Yes. Yes. And that's why a lot of churches meet on Sunday. That's right. Cool. Uh, The missing motive. Mm. Um, You know, there's been lectures and writings that conspiracies form, how they form. (laughs) Um, the three motivating factors behind such motives of conspiracies, power, greed, and lust. Mm. The disciples would not have hold any power 
mm-hmm. claiming the hysterect- hysterectomy. Oh. The, oh. Well, that's oh, okay. that, where did that come from? <laughs> Hysterosity, uh, I guess. The, uh, the hysterosity. <laughs> the disciples would hold no power behind claiming the resurrection is history. Love it. They were running around while others being threatened by the Jewish Roman authorities. As far as greed, mm-hmm. they taught one should desire no earthly possessions but spiritual ones. Right. Lust was not a factor. They taught celibacy before marriage, fidelity after marriage. And so there was no no evidence of any any inkling of mm-hmm. conspiracy. They were definitely not getting rich over telling people about this at all. They would have been really, really stupid. Yeah. Unless the only the only reason the only thing is is if it really happened. Yeah, you're gonna stand if you're going to stand by something that you believe really happened, and that's what they did. And they did not get rich off of it. They didn't get glory off of it. So it shows that it really happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enemy acknowledgement of the resurrection. Historically mm-hmm. speaking, if one holds enemy attestation mm-hmm. uh, of an event, then the event is strengthened. Right. Well, we know that the enemies of Christ believe he rose from the dead. Matter of fact, they manufactured mm-hmm. that the uh, disciples stole the body. True. In Matthew chapter 28, which, which was, was really crazy. dumb. It was dumb. Very dumb. Because that would have meant the soldiers who were professionals, who were, if anyone stole the body, would have been immediately executed. And there wasn't just one soldier there. No, there were about 50. Which a lot of people will show, oh, there was just like one or two. No, there were not just one or two. Mm -hmm. There was a a bunch there. And uh, there was no way that those few disciples that Jesus had, his followers, could have, you know, gotten a hold of those 50 and (laughs) craziness. When you realize the historical facts of this Mm -hmm. and you look at how many soldiers were there, look at how the team was set up. Ain't going to happen. There's no way on God's green earth that that could have happened. Yeah, no, no way. Mm -mm. The Roman soldiers sealed the tomb. That sealing of the tomb Mm -hmm. meant that, you know, that it could not be broken. Mm hmm. Without um, punishment. Well, uh, also, it wasn't just a simple door. No, it was a thousand pound boulder. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way right. you said that. Yeah, no way that just a very one or two people could move that back. No. Mm-mm. I mean, there were 50 or more soldiers. They hit shifts. Right. Uh, it was a very, it was not going to happen unless it really happened. Absolutely. Right. And the God of the universe rose from the dead. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, there's some people that say Jesus' enemies could have stolen the body. Why would they, though? Well, <laughs> right. And yeah. that's just dumb. That makes Sarah sense. Sarah would be highly improbable because Jesus' enemies would have certainly displayed his body. Right. They could have just humiliated the disciples uh, and, and controlled the rumors and stopped the movement. You know, some of the things that people have come up with is is showing that the resurrection didn't happen are crazy. And that is one of them. It takes more faith to believe in the stupid theories. Right. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, another theory is Jesus' disciples might have stolen the body. Oh, wow. Okay. It's unlikely Jesus' followers right. would have taken his body because following his crucifixion, mm-hmm. they would have profoundly disappointed, discouraged, hiding away, scared as of their own shadow. Right. So if absurd to think that they would have invented a scheme under these conditions right steal a body fabricate a story and go die for it a horrific way mm-hmm. for something they knew was a lie 
Right. That makes no sense because they were scared to death. There's no way they were going to be wandering through the street stealing a body. No. Oh, here's another good one. Okay, here we go. I don't know how these people do this. It's, I don't either. They've they're not even things. good. No. <laughs> uh, this one is that no one actually seen and saw the body of Jesus rise because it was all hallucination. And all these people hallucinated the same yeah. thing. Well, there was, Jesus was seen by 500 people at one time. Right. Over 40 days, Jesus appeared. He ate and drank. He mm-hmm. touched people. He talked with people. 500 people at one time, which would have been more like 2,000 because they didn't count women and children. Right. And people do not have the same hallucinations. <laughs> That's an individualistic thing. So about 2,000 people having the same hallucination. Folks, that is not going to happen. That's and then crazy. you have Paul's conversion. Right. I mean, Paul's was radical. Paul was Paul was the uh, Osama bin Laden at that age. Yes, he was. Killing so many Christians. And then he does an about face and becomes one of them. Yeah, no. Well, just, let's just say it. it mm-hmm. That's just that's crazy. Stupid. Yep, yeah. stupid. Uh, here's another theory. Okay. Jesus had a twin brother who looked like him, pretended to be the Messiah, and after he rose from the dead. I haven't heard that one. Well, this is possible, but the odds are highly improbable. Someone would attempt such a stunt and torture, flogging associated with Jesus' name and period, and he wow. could possibly die or end his death for a lie, and then he would have to convince people after this that he had a glorified body and rose from the dead. That's really dumb. That's really dumb. I've never heard that one. That's crazy. That's not even worth talking. No. Here's another one. Okay. Jesus did not die on the cross, but merely passed out. Later, woke up in the tomb, escaped. They pierced his side. All right. Here's what. He would have to lose almost a, a, a tremendous amount of his blood. <sighs> Most people would die. Mm-hmm. Severely beaten, exhausted, carried a wooden cross, hundreds of pounds, splinters, exhaustion, crown of thorns. They spoke, stuck a spear. Professional killer stuck a spear into his side, mm-hmm. into his heart to make sure he was dead. And he was dead. Right. They would have had to have been wrong on that. No. They took him down, wrapped him in 100 pounds of burial clothing, put him inside a tomb with a 1,000, 2,000-pound roller uh, uh, rock Mm-mm. boulder. Yeah. Suddenly, he, he, he woke up from his, from his uh, coma. <laughs> no. And suddenly, with all the energy... <laughs> he, he pushes, he takes the hundreds of pounds of, mm. of clothing or cloth. Yeah. He's yeah. wrapped in, unwrapples himself. Mm-mm. He pushes the thousand pound boulder. No. Turns into Bruce Lee, takes out all <laughs> 50 of the Roman soldiers. I don't think walks that's going to five miles and says, hey, I've risen from the dead. And everyone looks at him and says, wow, you look great. <laughs> No. I don't think that happened. No way. No way. Let's just say that's stupid. Yeah, that's stupid. Uh, Multiple post-resurrection eyewitnesses. Mm -hmm. Lots of them. There's lots of them. I mean, this is just, we see the changed lives. We see cowards that willingly became courageous. We see people that willingly died. People don't willingly die for a lie they know to be false. True. We see the women saw who Jesus was. We see the attestation of the women. We see the mm-hmm. Roman guards falling dead. We see the the disciples becoming brave and courageous. We see the roads, the men on Emmaus, the disciples, indeterminate number of disciples. We see thousands coming to know him. Mm-hmm. And the only the only evidence that we have is the main evidence. Jesus's tomb is empty. Right. Because he rose from the dead. 
Absolutely. And, you know, we've talked about how Jesus is going to come back one day. And I heard this great, uh, saw this great thing on TikTok the other day. Okay. It was a person that was talking about, you know, Jesus rising from the dead and how in those days they would put a napkin over your face. And and that was part of the burial process. And uh, when people, you know, went in and saw his grave clothes, they saw that the napkin that had been on his face was folded neatly. And back in that day, um, when kings would leave the table that they were finished eating, they would take the napkin and kind of crumble it and leave it. So the servants would realize that the master was finished and they could, you know, clear the table um, uh, for the meal. But if the master or the king was going to come back, he would fold the napkin neatly and leave it on the table. And so they would say, okay, he's coming back to eat. So we don't need to take the food. Well, what did Jesus do? Was the napkin crumbled or was it folded neatly? It was folded neatly as a sign that he's going to come back again someday. You know what? Is that not awesome? I'm excited. I loved that. I love seeing that and hearing that. And just that just goes right along with what we were talking about. I'm excited. You know, as the world, as we see the world falling apart. Yes. Remember the best is yet to come. Jesus is coming back. Yes. And for the believer, man, that's going to be good. So think about these things as you're preparing for Easter. You know, we talked about the cross. Now we talked about the resurrection. And and let this be an amazing Easter to you this year, thinking about those great things. And if you're not a Christian, if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, this would be an awesome time to do that. And you just, no magic words, no magic prayer. You just thank him for what he's done for you. Thank him for dying on the cross and resurrecting. Ask him to forgive your sin and be your savior. And very simple as that. And also, please do remember that God can take your mask, turn to a message for his glory, for your good. Have a great day. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye.